Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Today is the first in a Lenten series of sermons that I'm going to be doing the next few weeks entitled Journey to Jerusalem. The next few weeks, we're going to journey with Jesus, metaphorically speaking, to Jerusalem. We're going to look at some of the pivotal points of his ministry and what we can learn from that and what they might have to say to us. Today, though, we're going to begin with that first pivotal point, and that's the temptation, because that was at the very beginning of his ministry. And that experience in the wilderness fasting helped Jesus to face the temptations that he would face throughout his ministry. And by looking at how Jesus faced his temptations, we can learn something about how we should face temptation. So we're gonna do that this morning, but before we do so, let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Robert Penn Warren. Robert Penn Warren wrote a novel called All the King's Men. Perhaps you've read it. It's the story of a governor of Louisiana and his rise to power. His name was Willie Stark. At the end of the story, he shot dead. Here we have a man who gained a kingdom and lost all he ever had. 2,000 years earlier, a man from Galilee asked, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Now, perhaps when he made this assertion, he wasn't only addressing his hearers. Perhaps he was also looking back to a time of decision-making in his own life. Matthew tells us that Jesus was in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. He doesn't tell us that Jesus wondered, that he imagined, that he was charmed, or that he considered his options. He tells us that he was tempted, and he went there to be tempted. You know, it's easy to imagine him up there by himself, fasting for 40 days, alone and hungry, considering what he would do and how he would do it. Surely he must have thought of some easy ways to do what he had to do. And so there we see him. He was tempted. And by looking at how he faced temptation, we can learn something about how we should face temptation. So this morning, what I want us to do is I would like us to look at each of Jesus' three temptations and how he overcame those temptations. And as usual, if you'd like to follow along, there should be a sermon outline printed in your bulletin with today's sermon outline. Fill in the blanks, take it home, consider what God may be saying to you this week about temptation and overcoming temptation. So let's begin with the first temptation. First of all, Jesus was tempted by the wrong use of power. 
First of all, Jesus was tempted by the wrong use of power. Now, that was the first temptation. Matthew tells us that the tempter came to Jesus and said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus knew that the answer was not in the wrong use of power. That would never relieve his hunger, for he was not to live by bread, but by the word of God, his Father. Now, Jesus understood the power he had. He knew how to use this power. And here he was in a time of fasting. And the tempter told him that he could use his power to get bread, to feed himself. Now, what a temptation that must have been. But Jesus knew that he mustn't give in. He was not to use his power, the power God had given him, to care for himself, for any kind of personal gain or power. And isn't that a temptation we face? You know, God's blessed us all abundantly. And you know, one of our temptations is how we use the power God has given us, who we are and what we have. The life, teachings, and examples of Jesus all call us to the right use of who we are and what we have. And we're called to respond the way Jesus did, with the right use of everything God has given us. And we're called to do our best. We're called to do our best. Now, that challenge always faces us. Marshal Ney. Marshal Ney was one of Napoleon's commanders. When he lost all of his men on the Russian front, he went back to see Napoleon. He told Napoleon that he had tried and failed. Napoleon asked him how he might know that he'd done his best. Ney answered, sir, I would ask of you no more than I have done. Sir, I would ask of you no more than I've done. Jesus asked of us no more than he himself has done. It has to do with the right and best use of the power we possess, who we are, and what we have. And that brings us to the second temptation. Second, Jesus was also tempted by the wrong way to popularity. Second, Jesus was also tempted by the wrong way to popularity. That was the second temptation. Matthew tells us that the tempter came to Jesus and brought him to the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will give his angels charge of you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Now, the temptation here was to do something spectacular and win a following. But Jesus knew that he mustn't do that. And he said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You see, Jesus understood that there are no 
easy or quick ways to easy popularity. Not at all. There are no simple ways to easy popularity. And you know, that must have been a tremendous temptation. But Jesus knew that he mustn't give in. You see, he wasn't to give in to such, such, a, such a temptation to be popular and gain acceptance. He was not to give in to that. And isn't that a temptation we face? The wrong way to popularity and acceptance. You know, young people face that, and we have a word for it. We call it peer pressure. Peer pressure. Adults face it. We call it keeping up. But God doesn't call us to do that. You see, we're not called to be popular. We're called to be faithful. And that brings us to the third temptation. Third, Jesus was tempted by the wrong kind of partnership. Third, Jesus was tempted by the wrong kind of partnership. That was the third temptation. Matthew tells us that the tempter came to Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. But Jesus answered and said, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. You see, Jesus knew that he could never be partners with the devil. He could never compromise who he was and what he was about. He already had a covenant with his father. So he could never compromise or make any kind of such partnership or compromise of who he was with anyone. And you know, if you stop and think about it, isn't that a temptation we face? I mean, what a temptation that must have been. But Jesus knew he mustn't give in. He was not to have any such partnership or compromise with anyone. And we're tempted to do the same thing. We're tempted to make the wrong kind of partnership and compromise who we are. You know, way back in 1994, there was a movie release called The Devil's Advocate. The Devil's Advocate, starring Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Now, in the movie, Keanu Reeves plays a young, naive Southern attorney who is interviewing for a job at a law firm in New York City, which is one of the largest and most prestigious law firms in the world. Al Pacino plays the devil, who is attempting to tempt this young attorney to become his partner. Now, the young attorney has no idea who he's dealing with. While he thinks what he's doing is negotiating for a job to work at this law firm, what he's really doing is negotiating for the destiny of his eternal soul. Now, in this scene that we're going to see in just a few seconds, we see just how seductive and insidious temptation can be. Let's take a look at this scene from the movie, The Devil's Advocate. You don't really want to go back to Florida, though, do you? Walk with me. 
what do you think? Some people can't handle it. It's peaceful. My sentiments, exactly. <laughs> so fill in the resume for me. Tell me, uh, your family, your father, what does he do? I never got to know my father. He passed away before I was born. My mother raised me. Just the two of us. She never remarried? She wasn't married the first time. Well, that can't be easy in a town like Gainesville, can it? I don't think it's easy anywhere. <laughs> Little different when you're looking down, isn't it? Yes, it is. Your mother, what's she like? She's a preacher's daughter. She's tough. She's worked at the same poultry plant for as long as I can remember. She's got a church she really likes, so she's usually either there or they go out. They do a lot of volunteer work. Behold, I send you out as sheep amidst the wolves. So they say... I didn't rub off the book, the church? No, I'm on parole. Early release for time served. <laughs> a lot of potential clients down there. Are we negotiating? Always. <laughs> Can I ask you a question then? Why do you need a criminal department? Our clients break the law like anyone else. I'm just tired of sending their business across the street. You offering me a job? I'm thinking about it. I know you got talent. I, I knew that before you got here. It's just the other thing. I wonder about. What thing is that? Pressure. Changes everything, pressure. Some people, you squeeze them, they focus. Others fold. Can you summon your talent at will? Can you deliver on a deadline? Can you sleep at night? When do we talk about money? Money. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the easy part. Sometimes we want a partnership instead of a covenant. And that's a temptation we face every day. So we need to remember our covenant with God. And we need to hear the voice of God calling us to live in his covenant and to be his children. But how do we overcome temptation? How? We look to Jesus, just as we said in the children's sermon. We look to Jesus. And that brings us to the fourth and final point. Fourth and finally, Jesus overcame his temptations by remembering who he was. Jesus overcame his temptations by remembering who he was. You want to know how Jesus made it through his temptations? It was because he remembered who he was. He'd known it all along. And in between his baptism and his temptations, he heard the voice of God. You remember what God said to him? This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. He never forgot it. The voice of his father calling him. I want to close with this last illustration. 
Harry Emerson Fosdick. Harry Emerson Fosdick was one of the greatest preachers of the 20th century. He once described his preaching as counseling on a large scale. But few people knew, few people knew though that as a young seminary student, he reached the breaking point after working one summer in a New York slum mission. When he returned home, he was overcome by deep depression. One day he stood in the bathroom with a straight razor to his throat. He thought about taking his own life. And then, and then he heard his father in the other room calling his name. Harry, Harry, it called him back. He never forgot it. It was like the voice of God calling him. So, I want to remind you, the next time you're in the wilderness trying to find your way through and temptation comes and offers you the wrong use of power, the wrong way to popularity, the wrong kind of partnership, then remember that God has called your name. This is my beloved son, my beloved daughter, with whom I'm well pleased. And because God has called your name, God will see you through. God will see you through. Well, in conclusion, like Jesus, we're tempted by the wrong use of power, the wrong way to popularity, and the wrong kind of partnership. But also, like Jesus, we can overcome when we remember who we are, the beloved daughters and sons of God in Christ. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.